You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in the studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. Someone once said that old music is the same as new music, and the difference is how it's delivered. Tonight's guest is the full embodiment of that statement. A 90s baby, inspired by 70s funk, he has the confidence to deliver an old sound with incredibly youthful ownership. He's been making noise on the New York City performance circuit, including opening for the legendary Roy Ayers right here at Brick House earlier this year. Sharif Keys and his band, The Groove, are here tonight to give us a taste of some of their upcoming album, Cooking Something. I'm your host, Kenyatta Beasley, and don't move because Sharif Keys and The Groove are about to take us into their musical kitchen right here on B-Side. Great, don't you bother me. Standing tall, I don't need a seat. Y'all something else I could never be. Ain't but no complaints, I'm just doing me. I done found my groove, I done caught the beat. I ain't trying to lose, I could barely sleep. No, my time coming, I don't need a dream. If you feel like me, let me hear you scream. What up, uh? I think I caught the fever, let me see you. What up, uh? Hey, yeah, that one done did You hinder me, no time for you. I'm too into me. I'm just trying to win one of victory. Gotta make it last, make it last. Brought the energy. I know you see me now. Are you listening? Can you hear me now? I don't want to stop. Sharif Keys in the groove. Welcome to B Side, man. The, the hardest working man in downtown Brooklyn. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, can you introduce the members of your band? Definitely. Yeah. Um, you got on the guitar, you throw uh, my man Dave on the bass, mm -hmm. Jet on the drums. Still on the horn, Freddie Fred on the violin, and Jess on the mic. Real quick, we're yeah. missing a couple people. Miss Ashley is a vocalist in our group. Uh, Aquiles is a horn player in our group. Quasi is a horn player in our group. <clears throat> Am I missing anybody else, y'all? And Noah. Noah is a key player. And my man Richard Emery just moved to LA. I miss him too. So, so you, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, a big band. I don't think that they would be able to fit into no. the studio. <laughs> Uh, so you have that the, the 70s funk, but a, a lot of those 70s funks groups, they, they actually have really big bands. Indeed. Like Sly and mm -hmm. James Brown. Making this sound and like thinking about, you know, coming coming with something that people heard before, but something that was new, like bringing funk but adding a youthful feel. I study like James Brown heavily as like my superhero. Um, uh, George Clinton, another big, big idol in my head. And then I love Janelle Monet. That's like, that's my like wife. In my mind, <laughs> um, but yeah, like those those are like the, the key ingredients to like what allowed me to make this sound. So you're originally from Brooklyn. Yes, yes. Uh, then you moved out to Staten Island. Staten Island. Yeah, when I was really young, I moved to Staten Island at like six with uh, my whole family, five brothers, a twin, and uh, yeah, we moved out there when I was really young. But we kept going to Brooklyn. Like I was in elementary school in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. middle school. We we started to go to high school in uh, Staten Island, but I was still consistently hanging out in Brooklyn, so I'm really just a Brooklyn kid. You know? Right. So what, what was your introduction to music? <sighs> oh, that's a good one. Um, 
I remember being six years old and coming home from school and my brother King, uh, who's in the audience today, uh, give it up for King, everybody. <laughs> um, my mom bought this karaoke machine and- uh, Karaoke. Yeah, old school, <laughs> tape and all that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, I came came home- Wait, wait, before, what, what, what's your favorite karaoke song that from back then? <sighs> I don't know. You can't give me that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my brother King uh, just had a song. He did like a chorus and he was like, yo, you need to get on this thing. And I'm super scared. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, six years old and I did it. And he was like, it was dope. And after that, I think we just kept like, you know, consistently making music over right. time. Um, and yeah, like gradually we just kept building into making music. Actually, we own like a recording studio in Brooklyn, ironically, like a couple blocks away from here. Uh, it's called Become a Star. And like during the time of us like learning music, we just kept like acquiring more like uh, instruments and modulation systems and stuff like that. And over time, we ended up just opening up a studio. All right, so this, for, for, for all of your um, your band members, how, how did you meet everyone? Uh, because it's, it's a pretty talented group of yeah, musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, what, went to Berkeley, came from new school. <laughs> new school. This guy's a character. Where did you come from, Jet? <laughs> you came from down south. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a big collective. Uh, but like the first player that I had in my band was Quasi. I, I remember telling my oldest brother that I wanted to do this, this idea of having like a band while I'm rapping and singing. And he was like, word, let's just go to a jam. We went to a jam, met a few cats, got a couple cats numbers. Quasi was one of the people that was really adamant about coming out and, right. and you know, like working with me. Uh -huh. And I started playing some of the ideas I have for cooking something early on. This is like, this this album's like three years in the making. So like the first couple months of me making it, he got to hear like a lot of different things. And he knew a bunch of people. He was in a bunch of different bands. So we just slowly started to acquire different people. And over time, it kind of turned into what this is now. So your your first introduction um, to, to, to 70s funk, because as a millennial, uh, usually a lot of people have no idea no, what the yeah. 70s really, really yeah. are. Yeah. Or the, or the 60s for that matter. So when you were intro, how, how, would, how did you get into this whole 60s, 70s uh, kind of thing? Because it's, it's a very unique thing to actually see nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the music was always playing in the house. I feel like every household got a little soul in them. So. But to oh. fall in love with it and say, you know what, I want to perform this. You yeah, know? Um, I don't know. I think us loving Michael Jackson was mm -hmm. like the first key. And then uh, maybe me and my twin brother Maurice was like, on YouTube one day, we just discovered different sounds. But I know particularly when I seen James Brown perform this one show called The Tammy Show, it blew me away. I've never seen anybody perform like that ever, like till this day. And this guy's like a real showman. Like he gets people involved and he makes people clap and scream and cry and faint. And I was like, yo, I gotta do that. I gotta be able to try to encompass that in my music and when I'm performing. And I think for me seeing that, it just, you know, it was a green light for me to just start figuring it out. I know cool. what you're looking for. I know what you're looking for. I got your answer. But make it reciprocal. Better make it reciprocal. Don't take advantage. I know what you're looking for. I know what you're looking for. I got your answer. I hope that you're ready, though. I hope that you're ready, though. Can you withstand it? I know what you're looking for. I think that I know that I know that I know it. I hope that you're ready, though. Better make it reciprocal. I'm curious, so how, how did you get involved? I mean, your first musical performance, what actually led to that? Uh, I mean... And when was your first right, musical Right, I was about to say, that yeah. was pretty pretty long ago, maybe like four years. Um, I, I made a few EPs before this project, mm -hmm. um, so like I've been making music and I was super scared to like perform. Like, 
couldn't perform and like I don't know after just making music and realizing that you know artists make money off of performing I had to do it so right. one day I got the guts I believe my other older brother Glow who's in here tonight y'all give it up for Glow uh, <laughs> The, yeah, the whole we got, family's in we here. Got, we got half the family in here, the man. The whole family's in here tonight, what? baby. Um, yeah, we, we we performed a few songs, and after that, I just was like, "Yo, I could do this, man. It's not as bad as I thought." Well, so that's that's a deep statement because watching you perform now, you come uh, you come off as if you have a lot of confidence. You didn't you didn't have these issues. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, this yeah. this performing actually helped you know uh, uh, you to to show us the inner Sharif. Absolutely. Um, I feel like there's a lot of sides of me, but even with this song, it's about like self-reflection. So I think me allowing myself to just realize who I am as a person and knowing like, you know, we all kings and queens out here, just masters of our, you know, uh, of our destinies. And I just, you know, after a point started to realize how strong I was. So what what really inspired you to say, you know what, I need to keep doing this. I need to keep going forward. I don't know. Uh, just seeing the reaction of people, seeing the reaction of how my music played and how people responded to it. Like I finally got a chance to really see, you know, how I affect people. And I think me seeing that I have, you know, some sort of effect on people was, was major, you know, for me. Uh, but after that first performance, those other like, 20 were terrible you know i had to keep building up and practicing and getting better but yeah man it was it, it was a it was a little test but i i just built up to it i guess so you um all of your experience you you this is all building up to this record that yeah. you are uh, that that you're about to release um with all of the food titles <laughs> yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I saw one song called Kale. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We have cornbread. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. right. Uh, mac, mac and cheese and mm -hmm. cornbread. What, what, what actually inspired this entire uh, this home cooking? You know, cooking with Sharif. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, it's the concept of the album. The entire album is about the the time where you having a family dinner, and you know that that hour before. You get to eat, you with your uncle, you with your grandma, you with your cousins, your nieces, your nephews. People are drunk and they talking about crazy stories from back in the day. You know, you got your cousin that look fly, she got that new boyfriend that you don't like. You know, that entire moment, I wanted to be able to like like hold that moment for, for a while. And I was like, that's, you know, this is how the album's gonna sound. This is how the album's gonna feel, which is why like, it feels so funky, feels so like family-like, like where you could just play it at a barbecue or at a wedding or, you know, different places like that. And, um, you know, with, with that in mind, I was like, every song should be cool. It should be, it should be named something. It shouldn't be like self-reflection. It should be like food, something that you remember forever. So I decided to take every dish that would be at those dinners and name them after, you know, each song. If we go back to the beginning of the show, you were talking about how you basically had an orchestra right, yeah, back in your so, so do you consider those people like really part of your musical family? Absolutely. When... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... Like coming up with this idea and like first performing with a big band, I didn't really know what I was doing. So like adding more people was kind of like my protection in a way, like where I could be up here and be with the crowd, but at the same time know that all these people behind me and they're, you know, they're rooting for me. They're playing with me. They're making sure they're catching all my parts. And it was kind of protection, kind of in the same way as a family, like where I could just, you know, it, fall, yeah. in, fall into those same hands and be comfortable. So, so it's a lot of trust between you. Absolutely. Totally. And, and the this guy. guy right here. Yes. That, he that got just walked that off beat. the street, right. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a drum kit from down south. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everybody got to make sure they, they know their parts because uh, I completely trust them, you know? Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, can, you, can you set up this? Uh, Absolutely, man. Uh, this next one, we about to have a whole lot of fun. This is like the first time we're doing this at this pace. Um, this is actually called Spaghetti, and it features Ghostface Killer. 
Y'all get comfortable, man. I want to see y'all get loose. I know we sitting down, but I want to see y'all groove a little bit with me. You know what I mean? So let's let's make it fast. So I'm taking shots for the whole family. Can't forget Marco and Ghost D. Dropping no feelings over spaghetti, fettuccine. Going up, going up, going up, going up. Mama, we on TV. Hey, we finally moving. Hey, hey. Turn me up, turn me up, turn me up, turn me up, turn me up. But just keep me booming. Pop, I hope you record this now. I hope you record this now. Some respect on my name. Y'all uh, better know it. We had to go through the pain. Uh, from what I remember. And now you look all so familiar. Nah, don't act like you know me. Where, wh what inspired you to actually present so much energy on the bandstand? Yo, man, I don't know. I, I think it's the band. When the band is playing so much, it reminds me of just me being at my house, dancing with my mom. <laughs> Song come on, we just both get up like, all right, what up? What you got? You know, so it's, it's kind of that vibe, man. Actually, before when we first started playing, I had too much energy. I would be dancing like every second, out of breath, getting on the mic. I finally started like realizing how to control that, you know, being able to manifest a good show as opposed to just having a bunch of energy. Right, right. Uh, because dancing seems as if it's a core element oh, yeah, yeah. of what you do. Totally. So, I mean, that's something that you bring with you. Do you find that? You know what the tool to help inspire the audience because for the first for the first song I thought I needed to have my cape ready. <laughs> James, right, right. Like I said, that's my idol. Um, but uh, you know, dancing to me is just like the key to happiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, movement, smiling, all of those different euphoric feelings are like, like you know, being able to bring some sort of happiness, enjoyment to us. I know at the end of the day we leaving out of here. We got troubles, we got sorrows, we got problems that we're dealing with. But you know, being able to dance and forget about that for a moment is what I always want to give people. So. That's like our number one goal. Even with that song, like that song is half of the speed that it, that we just played it. But I know being able to dance, and you know, you're just in a good vibe. So why can't we get the full speed of the song, man? Because you don't listen to it when it comes <laughs> out. I'm giving y'all exclusives, man. Well, earlier on this evening, we were talking about your Staten Island upbringing. You're right, right, right. And you have this new record coming out, and you work with a Ghostface Killer. Yeah. And so tell me about that, and and how how is he is he featured on your recording? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually on the album. Um, a really good friend of mine by the name of Marco D'Angelo's dude. Like, is a crazy craftsman. He makes shoes, luxury sneakers, and like I've been cool with him for like almost five years now. Mm -hmm. And he's been like best friends with Ghostface for like ten plus years. So like he's he's seen all of my you know. My, my shows and seen like he's been really impressed with what we've been doing mm -hmm. and you know one day I seen him he was just like yo you want to get a song from Ghostface he kind of worked it out and he put a good word in for me and we kind of worked it out that way so working with him so he like he he really enjoyed what you do yeah, came man. down to the studio and lay, and lay no lay I didn't get I didn't get a chance to have him actually record but I got a chance to meet him a bunch of times he actually the single that we got out right now called Cupcake yeah. he was really adamant about that song like he loves that song he actually said he thinks I should like start putting robes on myself at the end of my shows, like James Brown. Hey, look, come on, man. Like, the OGs, I'm, no, I'm not fighting you. I'm with you, dog. No, I'm but you know, you don't. <laughs> I'm with you, man. The, the funk singing millennial. Right, I, I, right, I, I right, really appreciate right. that. No, but uh, the, the first song was Go Go, and mm. that 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 had that Chuck Brown kind mm -hmm. of feeling. Mm -hmm. And it seems as if, man, you really dig to the South for a lot of influence. It's so crazy. People, people, when they come to my shows, they always ask me, "Am I from DC? Am I from like 
Philly, and anywhere but you know New York, because like the vibe is super, like you said, like down south, North Carolina, Durham, that whole like old soul R&B groovy. Well, but and, and plus that's part of your show. I mean, because when you think about the Truck Browns, the uh, the James Browns. Mm -hmm. And everybody, they really believed in having a big band behind them Indeed. and giving a solid show. And that's really reflective of actually what you do. Leaving the South, coming back to New York, mm -hmm. um, what was your, your first big gig in the city? Uh, Harlem Arts Festival might have been a big one. We performed for like 400 people, but I would say like between that festival and this Brick Festival where we opened up for Roy Ayers, like it was a sold out show. I got to see like people I look up to in the crowd. Like it was scary kind of, like I was like in awe. But yeah, I, I think like the, I think maybe Harlem Arts Festival would probably be the biggest one that we did. So opening up for Roy Ayers here, yes. how, how was that for you? I'm, we in the, I was in the green room, you know, I'm in the green room. Nah, I'm joking. We was in the green room. <laughs> I'm acting fancy. We was in the green room and like, you know, Roy Ayers is just sitting right there, just eating vegetables. And I'm like, damn, like we got to talk a little bit, took a picture. It was just so crazy. Like that whole that whole time was like really, really, really dope, man. I, I definitely hold that dear to me. But yeah, it was that that whole moment was incredible. Just having all these people here actually watching us, being involved, uh, getting to know people after. It was it was a great time. Sure. So I mean, there's um, if I'm, I'm assuming maybe Roy caught a part of what you did. I mean, was it uh, any was any words of encouragement for Roy? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, even me just first meeting before we even played, he was like, "Yo, man, I'm gonna check you out. Like, uh, you gotta be here for a reason, you know." So it was it was really cool to even just have that from him, that that nod from a, a legend like him was, was amazing. That was probably one of the biggest gigs that we had. Um, where we, you know, we were just in Marcus Garvey Park, like in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. And, yeah. You know, we got people to get out the stands and do a Soul Train line, which is insane, popping confetti and so many different things. That was really cool that we would do for normally a smaller group, but being able to do this for such a big mass was was really dope. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, what's what's the what's the next song? The next song that you is called for. Potato Salad. Everybody ain't like Potato Salad, right? Well, the, the, depending on who makes the Potato Yo. Salad. <laughs> Yo. oh, I hate man. to interrupt. Yeah, I literally was about sir. to say, yo, we had a, we had a show in Brooklyn one time at this, <laughs> at this uh, spot that we that we basically grew uh, our fan base at the way station. And one time we was performing, and the girl was just, like said the same thing as you, and I'm like, how do I like say anything back to that? Cause she's right. Yeah, give me that, Jay. Give me that, Jay. Ah, uh, alright. So look, when I say ooh, I need y'all to say ah. Can y'all do that for me now? That's like that's like. I said, can y'all do that for me now? I said, ooh, 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 that's that funk of fire that can't sting no more. I said, ooh, that's that stink of fire that can't smell no more. I said, ooh, that's that funk of fire that can't sting no more. I said, ooh, that's that stink of fire that can't take no more. That's that black on black I don't need no more. Kill a cop I can't breathe no more. Nonsense or your conscience Let that fuck up be your conscience
Okay, uh, in like early September, we're gonna release the album. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm super nervous. People haven't heard the album. Some people have, so it's like so many different things that's going through my mind, but I think around like early September, we're gonna release the project. How long did it take you to, um, you know, record, record, um, to, to compile all the songs and, you know, finish everything? Like three years. Like we, like I had so many different sounds for the album. Like it was a lot slower before. Mm -hmm. um, then I started getting into like this big upbeat dance groove and I kind of calmed that down. Now it's more of like a, it, it has like a medium between those two, you know, lines where it's like soulful and singing and slow and then it got those upbeat songs that you can dance to. So around three years, I would say, just to answer your question. So when you're in the studio, what is your creative process in regards to the production yeah. and, and, and the songwriting? Honestly, man, it's not just the studio. I, I'm, I'm sure you can relate because you're a musician. Mm -hmm. um, anybody in here that's like also like making music and producing, I, you know, music is popping in my head every day. Like I'll be walking on the train and got something and I'll figure it out and like work it out in my head, record it on my phone, hit the studio, record it out like, you know, the, the vibe I want and then start bringing in like the pieces that I need to like kind of fill up the, the, the whole beat. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it works in different ways. Sometimes my brothers will be in the studio and they're like, you know, we'll be vibing. They hear something and that, that I like kind of started and we'll kind of keep building off of that. Wait, so you are, um, you said that you um, you had two, I think you have four singles out Four already? singles out, yeah. So the other ones are? Uh, it's uh, mac and cheese, potato salad, cornbread, and cupcake, which is like the very, <laughs> the new, new, new song. I love that you chuckle though. Cause it like- it, No, it, cause it, I'm hungry. I'm hungry and too, I'm, actually. And I'm sitting here like, okay, man. I'm hitting so after yeah, this. Yeah, and it, it lasts with people though. I love that it, it could it could sit in your brain for a while, you know. Yeah. So, uh, man, something else that's very interesting about you that I, that I dig as well um, is your style. Mm. It's it's very uh, I don't want to use the term retro, but it's just you, man. What what inspired? It was just like the album, like yo, I had this like vision of like making something that people would never forget, you know, mm -hmm. and. I feel like me dressing in a certain way and the sound and the feeling when I'm performing, like people can never forget that. You start to create your own lane and that's what I wanted to do. So like when I started to come up with the sound, I was like, yo, how can I accompany this with the actual look? Um, the first time I tried on like the old style stuff, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I remember one time my brother seen me, he's like, yo, what do you have on? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm just trying something new. You didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. I find that hard to believe at this point. Not, well, because it, <laughs> this is years in the making, you know? Now I kind of got it together. But yeah, at first it, it, it took a while, but then I started realizing like, you know, what kind of styles I like. I like 50 style shirts. This is like a vintage thrift. hat. Yeah, the, this is the boulder hat, super expensive hat that I have to spend so much money on that I don't like to and I'm poor right now, so I can't really do that. <laughs> um, shoes, you know, make sure the socks are super colorful and flashy. I usually have paint on my jeans too. This is like the first time I showed that with the pants. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, you, and I just started getting into rings. So yeah. you were talking about uh, Janelle Monae. Oh yeah. Earlier, and I'm assuming that if you could ever collaborate with someone, it that would be. Would be Ironically, Kalindo, the guitarist that plays with, who kind of like helped make her sound. Like I got in contact with him on Instagram, and uh, I hit him, and I was like, "Yo, can you listen to my album?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "All right, I'm sending it." And he was like, "Yo, you need to get this music out right away." So I'm hoping somebody that's affiliated with her sees me and is like, yo, let's get this kid. Who else? Because um, I'm assuming there's some people out there that, that also influence you who... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Man, definitely George Clinton. He's still alive, singing. Mm -hmm. It don't sound the same, but he still got that same funk. I love that. I like some of the newer guys too, man. Anderson Pock is ice cold with me. Joey Bad. 
I won't say that last thing, but yeah, Joey Bada. Bada. What's some other cats I mess with? Uh, it's a couple few people, but I'm I'm really into the older stuff, as you could tell. You know what I mean? Now, so the future. I mean, so what are the uh, the, the future for uh, Sharif Keys in the group? Man, uh, like I was telling you, are we gonna before. be like a big touring band? Yeah, yeah, are yeah, we, yeah. Are yeah, we yeah, trying yeah, to go yeah. to Europe and hit the festival circuit? Yeah, all that, baby, all that. I'm trying to do all that. Like, honestly, we've been like circulating the city, and I think finally now that the album's gonna be released, we're gonna go on tour. Um, but yeah, we be going on tour in September, baby. We gonna have those tickets ready to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> As we conjure up your next recording, mm. are we moving away from food? <laughs> I don't know, are we? I don't know, man. Are we going to clothes? Are we going to, I don't know, Myrette's cheeseburger? You did. My Yo, red sweater. Now, honestly, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is just like a, you know, Shreve Keys and a Groove vibe for now, so. Uh, I kind of shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway because it's not definite. I was oh, well, about, you're, you're just you're, you're amongst family and yeah, friends. Yeah, right. I was thinking about doing like maybe some '70s kind of vibe. You know, me wearing trucker hats and like the old school bell bottoms, something like that, for the next album. But I don't know. That's just a thought for now. Hmm. It might it might turn into something. Though. So wait, you know what? That that's a, that, that, that takes me to another question. All right. So besides funk and soul, is there any other kind of thing that really influences you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, of course, hip hop. Hip hop is a is a big influence for me. Um, I used to listen to rock back in the day. Uh, <laughs> Puddle of Mud was my thing. You know. Really? But really? yo, honestly, like, my brothers used to always say that. Particularly King, like he would be like, you always have the ear for other kind of music. Like we would be listening to Locks, Jay Z, DMX, Eve. This is like early two thousands. You know, from the stuff that I remember. And I would be, you know, listening to other stuff that was just like, why are you listening to that? Like, where, what's, what's catching your ear? But I think that's kind of like why I was able to connect with funk so easily, because it, it had that same kind of hip hop feel. And, right. You know, they sample right. all of those same tunes, but it was so different from what we listened to. Now, so. All right, I want to see y'all best moves. Can y'all, you starting this off? I want to see your best move, boy. Come on. Ice cold. Woo. Dave, I hear you, boy. I hear you. Man, I'm hungry. <laughs> well, every good party has to end at some point. And unfortunately, that's what's happening to us. Thank you, Sharif Keys and the Groove, for, for bringing your high-energy party to B-Side. You can keep up with Sharif across social media at Sharif Keys. I'm Kenyatta Beasley, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode of B-Side. Be sure to check in or stop by our Brick House studio every Thursday to hear more of the best music that Brooklyn has to offer. You can also check out this and past episodes anytime at youtube.com slash BrickTV or check out our Brick radio podcast of this episode at soundcloud.com slash BrickRadio. 
All right, Sharif, leave us with one more song right after this. Now get ready, take a seat, get ready, take a seat for me now, get ready, take a seat for me now. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Cole, Roe Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by O'Neill Mulet and edited by Emily Bogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio.